The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, um, I want to talk about Kuan, not Kuan of Larta on Splunk, but rather Kuan, the most perfect town in the world. It is the anonymized Irish town. So it's a real place. Kuan is not its name, but it is a real place. And it is the town that Daniel Miller relocated to for 16 months. He's a professor of anthropology from University College London. Daniel Miller joins me now. Daniel, I'm going to be a bit rude and get straight to the big question everyone listening is dying to ask. Where is Kuan? What town is it? Or are you willing to reveal? Um, Look, I'm not because it's part of the kind of ethics protocol that we try and keep things anonymous. But I'm also well aware that people will speculate and they are free to do so. Um, But I don't think it matters very much where exactly it is. I think um, hopefully the interest is in um, what one has to say about the place. And what do you have to say about the place in your book, The Good Enough Life? What I'm arguing is that when I went to this place, actually to do a project on a different topic, I was overwhelmed by how positive the people in the town were about their town. And that intrigued me. So, okay, I investigated it. And actually, by the end of 16 months, I got it. I I thought the place itself was amazing. And what they had managed to achieve in terms of building community, the way society operated... I thought this was actually an exemplary town from which we could all learn. Um, And I wanted everyone to know about it, because if they can do it, um, and and these days, you know, with all the kind of gloom and doom, um, I think it's important to recognize there are people, decent people out there, who've done an amazing job of creating a society that they're happy in. And maybe, you know, we can do the same. So is that what you learned, that there is, a, there is a relationship, a correlation between the strength of community and happiness? Very much so, because they weren't saying, you know, I'm happy um, for themselves. They kept going on about how living in this town is a fantastic experience. And as you got into it, you realise, for example, most of the people actually in this town are blowing. Um, and they, over a period of, they've really created the place. So it wasn't just kind of luck. It was something that there was, a, it was their achievement. And I think that's, that's a clue. It's often the things you do yourself, the kind of artisanal work you do in producing community that makes it something that then gives back to you that sense of happiness. So in terms of then applying the lessons you learn uh, in your book, or that we learn reading it. I mean, what what can people do in other parts of our, in other parts of the world, Danny, in order to replicate uh, Kuan? I think let's start with Ireland. I think that the con- this is not a special place. Um, it's slightly above average income, but I think it's it's going to be fairly typical. And actually, um, firstly, there is no reason, therefore, um, that other communities in Ireland might not be the same. And let me be clear, I'm not saying it's a better place than anywhere else in Ireland. I, I only lived in this one town, so I can't make the comparison. It's quite possible there are other places in Ireland that are even more wonderful than this. That's something I can't say. But um, it is really important to recognize that, it, that there are places out there where people have been able to kind of achieve this sense of community, etc. Now, I, can, I, I think you could 
read this book and you'd feel, yes, in Ireland, you know, these things should be possible because there's enough in common. If you went somewhere else, you're talking about a different history, different cultural values and different possibilities. I think that because of the way community operates and the very strong social bonding, it's likely, and I'm guessing here, that the, this is more like some of the Scandinavian countries. Um, and maybe you'd find a similar communities there for perhaps similar reasons. Um, but I can't, I can't mm. say that with confidence. And actually, every other country would have to do it in their own way. You can't simply replicate it because they haven't had, you know. For example, um, Ireland has had this very significant and particular history because most of the people I work with were born under completely different conditions, very similar to what Fintan O'Toole describes in his book, um, in, in, you know, often in, in po relative poverty. Maybe that's why they appreciate the good fortune that they have today. Um, if that's the factor, well, that's a very Irish factor. It uh, wouldn't necessarily follow, say, in, in England or somewhere else. And maybe in that sense, it has been their, their good fortune. Um, but they, I think it's an important point. I think they do acknowledge um, the benefits they have. Equally, things like, you know, life extended uh, life expectancy. I mean, a lot of these people thought, well, they're going to feel old when they got to 60 or 70 or 80. And they don't. Um, this, is, this is revolutionary. <laughs> you know, it's never happened before that you have, you know, 30 years of hopefully reasonably healthy life, you have a, a, a decent uh, welfare and income, and they know what to do with that. I mean, they're so impressive in all the different things going on, whether it's sports or playing bridge and bingo or their, you know, their pets or their going to the cafes and doing you know, theater, poetry. There is so much life there. That, and, but all of that depends on these people being active. Actually, you know, because they, they created all these little institutions that they then enjoy. Um, but they, those conditions, what they're So one of the things I would say is I don't think in history there's ever been a time like this. There's never been this possibility. People didn't live that long. They weren't that healthy. They didn't have the knowledge. They didn't have the income. They didn't have the, the smartphone, for example. It's been incredibly important just helping people organize uh, their day-to-day -day lives. Well, we didn't have that before. So a lot of things have happened to make this possible. That is Daniel Miller, Professor of Anthropology from University College London. Daniel, thank you very much for joining us. Daniel may have too many professional scruples to reveal the town, but I don't have such scruples. So he gives a few clues there, actually. So Kuan is the Irish word for harbour. We know it's a seaside town. He also mentioned a Scandinavian link. Well, of course, the Danish word for rock or reef is scary. Have you worked it out? Yes, it is none other than the North County Dublin town of Skerries, the best place in the world to live. Henry McKean, a Skerries blow-in. What makes it so great? Well, Kieran, yeah, I'm a blow-in blow-in and I've lived around the world. I'm just going to list off all the places I've lived. Cambridge, Glasgow, Daenerys, Kuwait and now Skerries in no particular order. And uh, yeah, it, it, you know, we just heard that the professor there, we, we, we just heard um, uh, the uh, anthropologist Daniel Miller say, uh, hard to find anywhere better in the world. And this guy has worked with, um, you know, people that live in rainforests and aboriginals. And now he's come across the people of Skerries. 
And he has the nothing... wild natives of North County Dublin. ...positive things to say <laughs> about them, uh, which is some, something... I, I arrived in 2016, um, and people were always very, very friendly. Uh, and they still are, like the lollipop ladies friendly, the butcher, the postman, um, all extremely friendly. It won Tidy Towns, which is such an Irish thing to say, in 2016. And they got the Tidy Towns Awards, and they times it by a 1,000 and built it... Um, on the rocks. So there's like a really big, tidy town. Wow. Big, huge thing. So there's a great, because that's what he talked mm. about, is the sense of community. Really, that's what it all comes back to, is well, the sense of community. No, it's a huge community. And I think the population now is about 12,000. And yeah, most people probably are blow-ins. But, you know, how do you know someone's from Scaries? How do you know? I, well, they'll tell you. Exactly, tell exactly. You. <laughs> a bit like somebody from Kilkenny. <laughs> and it's so true. And when I first moved there, they, they were like, how long have you been living here? Well, I moved in 2016. And they would be say stuff like, well, I've been here three or four generations so they're very proud mm. and i met up with some lads from school that that used to go to the boarding school because back then there was no tunnel and it would take forever to get from scaries uh, to uh, the south side of of dublin and they were just so proud and they're still so proud and even recently uh, do you remember i gate crashed that that party out there in uh, in la yes um, a, a, a while ago at the vanity fair party anyway i was out there with a friend and i said i don't know that many people in scaries he organized a party for me in a local restaurant just last week in Five Rock to meet local people. Ah, wow. And they all came out to greet me like as if um, I was, you know, somebody really special. And that was a really lovely that, gesture. That is a lovely gesture. It's gas the people are guessing. Some people did guess Scaries, but other people are guessing uh, Bray or Ballycotton or Cork City itself. I mean, Cork is another one of those places where, you know, they'll let you know where they're from. Uh, Margot Fox is with me. She's a mental health and well-being coach. Uh, she too lives in Scaries. So Margot, what makes Scaries special from your point of view? Well, I'm a blow-in as well. Um, I went to school here, then went away, lived abroad. And like what a lot of scary people do, um, they often come back, they go away, travel away, and then come back to have their kids here. So um, I've been here now for the past 18 years. My kids have grown up here. Um, it's a great town. Um, you know, everybody looks out for one another, but nobody kind of lives in your ear, so to speak. Um, I also so so, so small. Small enough that you all know each other, but not quite so small that it's the valley of the squinting windows. Absolutely. I couldn't put it better myself. Um, And I'd often say to my kids, you know, when they were teenagers, you know, just, you know, when they're going out at night or whatever, I'd say to them, listen, you know, whatever you get up to, somebody's going to tell me. So um, it comes in very handy in that way. it's, we've got a really uh, interesting expression that we use, you know, we always say, you know, if you go under the bridge, you'll get a nosebleed. Um, <laughs> the reason being that okay. the, the town is so self-contained, you know, you have everything here. You have pubs, you have great, you know, restaurants, music, great schools, etc. And because of that, you don't sometimes you're not inclined to leave the town. You can be here for months and have absolutely no requirement to to go anywhere. So that's why we talk about the nosebleed. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very close-knit town. Mm. You know, a couple of years ago, we had a, a sea tragedy. Everybody came together to support people. Um, we have fundraisers for clubs and, you know, various different um, causes. Um, and and, 
yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it, you know, there's, we're fanatical about sports. So any club you could possibly think of is here. Um, great music. There's a brilliant I'm, track. I'm, 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 I'm getting a bit nauseous now. All of the scaries uh, loving. <laughs> Henry, come on. Some, something mustn't work in scaries. Well, I mean, m- my wife has told me I can't say anything bad about the town um, because we have to live there. But there's two beaches, for example. Okay. It was a great well, lockdown town. I hope uh, she's listening. Gillen was, was also uh, a beautiful um, park that Fingal County Council run. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, if I won the lotto, I admit this, if I won the lotto, I'd love to live in Sandy Mount. Uh, but my wife, <laughs> my wife said she'd buy a bigger house. In, in Scaries. Bigger house in Scaries. And, and you know, it, you know, as Margaret was saying there, it really is quite special and it's so uh, sporty. There's so many different sports clubs. And even recently, um, the bus bar, which was a local pub, really cool pub, burnt down uh, and no one was hurt. It was quite a difficult blaze. Uh, but the community have come together to help the family and help rebuild the pub, which is really quite touching uh, that everyone is, uh, you know, um, mm. community-based and everyone, well, most people love each other. Well, listen, it, it has been dubbed one of the best places, if not the best place to live by this anthropologist who also remarked in his book and this is all contained in a new book he has out uh, that everybody wears clothes from uh, M&S pennies or duns and Henry was quick to tell me his shirt is from Gap actually well, no, I, I was wearing M&S yesterday my shirt was M&S <laughs> and there are pennies clothes in my house uh, and maybe some duns as well Henry McKean News Talk's own style icon and Margot Fox a mental health and well-being coaches and thank you both very very much uh, for joining me it's Kuan Clonic lots of people suggesting places in Cork it seems they all think it's Cork it's not Scaries the best town to live on planet Earth The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk